Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. So wonderful to see everybody here this morning. It's amazing what the Lord is doing in our hearts and our lives, and we get to worship Him. I do want to say, I want to remind you that don't worry about inviting your family and friends to be a part of what Jesus is doing at Grace Capital Church. We will be going to two services in the um, beginning of the year in February. Um, so you'll be uh, getting to choose which service you go to, but we really need to make more room. But I wanted to start signaling that to you. Um, but that also means that we have an opportunity to serve um, this body as well, get involved in kids' ministry, youth ministry. Uh, safety team, uh, greeters, ushers. Um, so be starting to think and pray about where it is that you're going to have the opportunity to serve in the new year. Well, I also want to let you know that uh, this time of year um, can be joyful for many, but could also be very um, challenging for some as well. Um, I don't know if you realize we have Celebrate Recovery that happens here at Grace Capital Church every Friday at 7 o'clock. Celebrate Recovery is for anybody who uh, experiences hurts, hangups, or habits. It really helps you understand how do you live in this freedom that Jesus wants you to live. I want to encourage you. We have Celebrate Recovery this Friday after Thanksgiving. It's probably a great time to get plugged in and involved if you feel like holidays might be a difficult time for you. Um, we wanted to make sure that you were aware of that and um, that you're invited to be a part of that. Well, here we are. This is the last message before we kick off our Christmas series next week. Uh, this has been a mini-series on commission, the lost, the least, the found. Today we're talking about the found, which is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm talking to you today. If you're here at Grace Capital Church and you say, I'm just checking out church, I don't even know Jesus yet, I'll have an opportunity to introduce you to him uh, at the end of the service, but I want to just say, pay attention because once you become in this place of being found, he has a plan for you. Well, if you have your Bibles, then turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to give you some time to get there, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where you're going to want to land. I've, I'm going to spend some time there today. Take some time now to find that while I introduce this subject to you. So the, the, the challenge for, um, for us sometimes is that we, we come to Christ, uh, we come to Jesus, we've made a decision to follow him and we get plugged into a church family, but then we realize actually the found, which again, we are the found in this room, the found can become lost when they forget the mission of Jesus. And I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm just saying we, we can sometimes lose our way as followers of Jesus when we get comfortable, when we think that, that our accomplishment is salvation, but that's actually just the beginning of the journey. There's a lot more to be done. Jesus had his last words before he left this earth. After his resurrection, Jesus kind of gives us uh, something that he wants us to focus on. We're going to be going through that. Well, I don't know about you, but this whole idea of what Jesus has asked us for, which is to go make disciples, that's kind of, I'm going to give you a hint here, the found need to be thinking about making disciples, really can become an overwhelming concept for many people and, and gets them stuck. And this is maybe why they just start coming to church and then realizing, well, wait a second, I, I need to start 
stop becoming just being discipled and then I need to disciple others. Have you ever felt that? Uh, Think about this for a moment. Have you, how often are you discipling others in relationship to you yourself being discipled? So there's places you can be discipled. Coming to church is a great place to serve the body, but also to hear the word of God and have the word of God change your heart and you're discipled by the word of God. Um, But there comes a point where we've got to make a shift from saying, hey, wait a second, maybe just coming to church is not enough for what Jesus has purposed my life. Maybe I need to figure out how I myself am to be discipling others. Well, to, to make it really understand that it's not that hard to disciple somebody else. Basically, the word disciple means to teach. And every single one of you have been in a place where you've experienced Christ to some point, Jesus to something that you, if if you've had an experience with him, you can teach it. Now for me, I'm somewhat handy around the house. And, um, and so when, uh, when I have projects around the house, I usually involve my kids in the project because I'm going to disciple them to know how to pass on the things that I know to them. Well, back when I was uh, living in Bow, uh, I had uh, only one child at the time, my little Ethan, who's sitting here in the front row. He's back from university. Welcome home, son. Um, yes. And um, yeah, he normally doesn't keep his hair shaved like that, but he's at Norwich University, a little bit of a regiment there that... Good job. You're still looking good, son. But anyways, when he was two years old, I, um, he was, I was fixing, um, fixing a pipe underneath my kitchen sink, and I was discipling Ethan at that time. There it is right there. Um, my little Ethan, two years old. I don't even know if he was two at that point. Maybe, maybe 14 months. But there we are. We're fixing something, and I'm discipling Ethan uh, how to fix pipes at that age. Now... I think I'm actually wearing the, uh, what do you call that from the hospital? Scrubs. I'm wearing the scrubs that when he had a little C-section to come on out into the world, I was scrubbed up and so we are, there we are. So that's how, that's a a visual for you, how how easy discipling is. All right, thank you. You took that off. I don't want you staring at my butt all day there. Uh, It was cute though. I know it was, but... All right, TMI, go carry on. This is about Jesus, not about you, Mark. All right, so discipling really uh, is just that. You're passing on information, things that you've learned to somebody else. And, and I think we get stuck in this idea that, that when Jesus asks us to go make disciples, it's kind of like, well, I don't have a Bible degree. I don't really know the Bible, and therefore I can't disciple anybody. And I'd have to, I want to challenge us and really stir inside of you today to say, yes, you can. Every single one of you in this room, if you've given your life to Jesus, can disciple somebody to Jesus. Because you've experienced something at some point in time with regards to your experience with Christ can be shared and passed on. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to just go over a few things. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And he has some things to say. Remember, this is the early church. The church has just gotten up and going. And Paul, he's pretty, 
he's pretty forthright with his words. So these are Paul's words, not Mark's words. I'd be a little bit more gentle with you, but this is what Paul says to the Corinthian church. So 1 Corinthians 15, chapter, I mean, chapter 15, verse 10, he says this, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. Now, this is interesting. When he says his grace towards me was not in vain, which it really means is it can be in vain. He's choosing to say for him it wasn't in vain, but he's also making a point that for some it could be in vain. Now, what does he mean by that? That his grace, in other words, you could just say God's grace in your life, you can, re, you can actually substitute grace for Jesus. So what the work of Jesus has happened in your life can be for in vain. Carrying on, it says this. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God or Jesus within me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Here Paul is saying that the grace that God has given him has been used for a purpose. And you have to say, well, what is this purpose? Okay, we know that Paul was a preacher, and so we're saying, well, that's Paul, that's not me. But let's go on and and jump over to verse 34. And this is how we're going to kind of contrast this. It can be in vain. And he says this in verse 34. Wake up from your drunken stupor as it is right. Now, I want to say here, remember, he's talking to the church. In other words, he's like talking to you and I. Wake up from your drunken stupor. These are believers of Jesus Christ. And I believe he's not saying drunken stupor, meaning that they're all drunk. I believe that he's saying that they get drunk by the ways of the world, preoccupied. What does drunkenness do, right? It changes your perspective. Your eyes get blurry. Your, your normal way that you should be responding isn't as normal. And so what he's saying is wake up and start seeing things the way that God sees them. Don't be clouded by the ways of the world. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as it is right, and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God, I say this to your shame. So Paul is saying, shame on you. Is that encouraging? (laughs) Maybe not. But what he's trying to make the point is he's going like, it's okay that you came to Christ and you received him, but don't make it in vain. And what he's saying is to make it in vain is you forget why you were saved in the first place. See, we come and we receive Christ and he's forgiven us and we find his joy and we find his peace and we love it. We get involved in this body and we love our family, our church family. And then we start realizing that, wait a second, maybe I'm not doing the very thing that I was supposed to do. And this is what Paul's addressing. He says, Wake up, don't be clouded by the things of this world. And he says, don't go on sinning. In other words, and he's making it interesting. He says, don't go on sinning. In other words, forgetting about what God is thinking about things and asking us to do. But then he says, for some have no knowledge of God is his main point. He's giving you the why of why we exist is to share the love of Jesus with people who do not know our Father in heaven. 
You know, that is, when we talk about the lost, he cares about the lost. When we talk about the least, yes, we should care about the least of these. And Victoria did an amazing job, and she pretty much told us that you want to be close to Jesus, be close to the least of these, at least the ones that we see in the world. And that as, as the poor in prison, those who don't have water, the list goes on, and, and he says, you want to be close to Jesus, be close to those people, serve them. But then the found and really the understanding is what is the purpose for us and can we get lost in this world if we forget really what we've been designed for and what we have been commissioned for? That's why we titled this series Commission. There is a point that there is action involved in this that is not just faith we believe and then we come to church and we sit. There's a point in time that we come but then we should realize the coming is actually not the end game. It's the going. It's the going. In Matthew chapter 25, sorry, Matthew chapter 28, you might know this one. Matthew 28 is called the Great Commission, which means that these are Jesus' last words before he passes, leaves this earth. You know, when people are passing away, um, they usually will tell you the most important things in life. I love having those conversations when people are getting ready to transition from this life to the eternal life, which, well, we're in eternity now, but just transitioning from our physical bodies to experiencing um, our oneness with the Lord in heaven after we leave this earth. But Jesus, before he left this earth, he says this, red letters in the Bible, Jesus speaking, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus saying this, go therefore, go. Can everybody say go? Go. It is not come. Come to the church and find your church family and be happy, filled with joy, worshiping me day in, day out. No, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching, there's that teaching, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Great Commission is what we have been entrusted with, and what we have been charged with is to go Make disciples. Our call from Jesus is to go make disciples who make disciples. I I don't know about you. I'm a little bit like, just tell me what my purpose is. Tell me what direction I need to be so I can at least measure myself. Am I hitting the mark or am I not? But if you want to know if you're actually making disciples, I'll tell you how you can find that out if you are. And this gives you the greatest pride in a good way. When you start seeing the person that you've discipled, that you've taught the ways of Jesus, go and start making a disciple. That is so incredible because that you've realized, wait a second, I've passed on something to somebody who now is passing that same thing on to somebody else. And that is the very thing that we're supposed to be doing. But going and making disciples isn't as hard as you think. Now, there is some things to it. It's not a one and done. It's not necessarily a quick and easy. 
But it's in, why? Because it's intentional. It's relational. And sometimes it's messy. Right? When you tell somebody like, man, you know, integrity. Can I just talk to you a little bit about integrity? You know, it's like why the Bible talks about lying or cheating or stealing. And you're helping somebody walk through that. By the way, what a great opportunity to disciple our teenagers. We have an incredible youth ministry that is growing. And, uh, and Jesse is like, where are my workers who want to help invest into our youth? And so if God's placed that in your heart, what an opportunity to disciple our young people. But you start kind of like, and, and then they come up and are like, man, I blew it. You know, I, I just, I wasn't functioning with integrity and, and your heart grieves with them. It's like, okay, let's pick yourselves up. Let's try again. Let's try again. Isn't that what the Lord does with us, right? We, we go on, it's like, oh man, I scunned my knee again. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Come on, get back up. I'll kiss your knee, make it better. And away we go. Nobody, does anybody kiss boo-boos anymore? My mom used to kiss my boo-boos and it'd make it always feel so much better. It's kind of gross when you think about it though, right? Why would you kiss? That's disgusting. All right. But I have to say, discipling people is so rewarding. So rewarding. And I think it's because it's the very thing that has been asked of us. It's the very thing that God has wanted us to do. So my question for you this morning is, who are you teaching? Remember, we decided that every single person here can be a discipler. If you've experienced Christ in your life. So who are you teaching? I would say if you've got kids at home, that's your very first place of discipling. Teaching your kids. Are you teaching them how to pray? How to hear God's voice? Are you reading the scriptures with them? And by the way, as a parent... I still need to grow in that area. I've got still kids at the house, and I'm, I'm, times I'm great at it, times I need to work on that. If you're in a life group, there's somebody that probably needs you to come alongside them and say, hey, let me walk life with you. Or maybe you've been in life group a long time and say, you know what? It's time for me to step it up, and I could be a life group leader. Discipling, teaching, helping other people. Maybe it's a coworker, extended family member. But I have to encourage you that if you're not intentional to teach others the ways of Jesus, it will not happen. And this is probably the thing that I probably have realized the most in my life of trying to disciple other people. You say, well, that's easy for you. You're a pastor. Isn't that your job? Well, I wasn't always a pastor. And I tried to live this out when I was in business. I tried to live this out while I was running a nonprofit. I tried to live this out in my everyday life. So it's not just because I'm a pastor, but it's a call of every person who's a believer of Jesus. But I've realized you have to be intentional with it or life just happens. And I think that's what Paul was saying. He says, don't be drunk by the ways of the world. In other words, don't get so preoccupied with the things of the world that you Forget that you have a purpose and a mission to be a co-mission, a mission with Jesus. He's putting you together to do the great commission. And he's saying go. He's saying go. 
Do you realize New Hampshire is only 2% reached for Jesus? Talking about unreached people groups. <laughs> we have 98% of New Hampshire who, would, who are not believers in Jesus. What a mission field. But you know what? Chances of them actually walking through those doors and finding a seat here are very, very, very slim. Very slim. They may come if somebody invites them. They may come if they've experienced something. Statistics show you why people go to church. If they've experienced something really horrific. Tragedy, divorce, death. They may, they may come. Or they may come if they've just moved in the area and they're churchgoers. But most cases, they will not come through our doors in this post-Christian world that we live in. Which means what? That means we've got to understand what go means. Go. Now you say, well, how do I even start the conversation? Well, guess what? There is our people today. The other interesting thing about the world we live in, people are hungry for truth. They're hungry for something that's real. They're looking for joy. They're looking for peace. And what we have is everything they're looking for. But who will go tell them of the great news of Jesus? But it's not just telling them the great news. It's not like, go tell it around the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. But it is then deciding to say, hey, can I pass on some things that I know of Jesus into your life? And that's the teaching. That's the discipling. We do this all the time, right? In, in workplaces, hey, come alongside me. I know how to do this. You sit with me for a while, then... Then I'll, you do it and I'll watch you and then finally you can do it. And that's the way discipling is. Come alongside me. Let's crack open the Bible together. Let's read a passage. We'll do this together. Now, why don't you just do this on your own? Tell me how it's working for you. All right? There's this come be with me. I'll show you how. We'll talk about it. I know for Audra, who has an opportunity to, has been discipling ladies throughout her life. We were talking about this this morning. She says one really, or actually last night, one easy way that she's found is said, can we just go through a book together? And that's a really easy way for, for I was hearing some nice music behind me. I was like, I was feeling like, you can put it back in there. What was I hearing music? Yeah. I was hearing music too. Let's, let's hear some music. It makes me like, oh, here it is. It's angels. They're, they're singing to me right now. <laughs> wrap it up, Mark. Wrap it up. That's not true. If you were hearing that, that's not the angel. The angel were like, keep preaching, Mark. Keep preaching. There we go. No, it's fine. You, can't, you can play that music. I don't mind because that's usually what happens when it's time to wrap it up. I've got a few more minutes. But here's, here's what it is. We want every single person to leave here first and foremost with a person in their mind. Take a few moments. Listen to that pretty music in the background and say, Lord, who is it that you're asking me to disciple? The person that just texted you right there, that's your one you're going to disciple. <laughs> but think for a moment, because you know what? If you're not intentional, it's not going to happen. 
So you really actually need to think about a person right now in your mind that you ask the Holy Spirit, speak to me. And he will. Give me a person that I'm going to pass on some ways of Jesus to. I know it's easier to just invite them to church. I know it's easier just to actually not do anything. That's not what we've been asked to do. Jesus, before he left this earth, he says, go. Go make disciples. Jesus, in this quietness and the stillness of this time, Let us realize that it might be just as easy as like a father and son fixing a leaky pipe. That is saying, hey, come alongside me while I'm doing this and why don't you watch? Can I teach you a few ways of how to do this? Lord, I pray that we allow each one of us to know who it is that you're asking us to disciple. That this week, this Thanksgiving week, that we would make an initiative to say, hey, you want to grab some coffee? Do you want to go through a book study with me? Hey, lunchtime, you want to Want to talk about some things with me? I pray that we would leave here with a sense of urgency, a sense of intentionality, and a sense of purpose. Lord Jesus, that we should care about finding the lost, caring about the least, and knowing our place as the found. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 